podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello, I'm Danny Brothers and welcome to Memory Lane. This is the series from It's All Cobblers to Me, where we're hearing from you, the Northampton fans, about your memories of following the Cobblers. Joining me today is club chaplain and longtime Cobblers fan Hayden Spence Lee. Firstly, mate, the most important question is how are you doing in the lockdown? I am uh, doing quite well, thank you. I'm I'm pretty static. I haven't left the house since March the twenty second, uh, but otherwise I'm fine. And I've discovered that you can run a small empire from behind a desk. <laughs> yeah, we were just chatting before actually about how every organisation in the world has just been able to show off their wares in terms of what they do online, haven't they? So, well, some people are showing looking. off, and some people are still <laughs> catching up, like me. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good, it's all good. So, Club Chaplain, what what does that involve? I know you've told me before, but share with the listeners, what um, what day-to-day does that involve with the Cobblers being the Club Chaplain? Oh, well, it, it's an interesting role. It's a great role. It's, a lot of it is to do with um, spending time with people, getting to know them, uh, listening to people, getting to hear different stories. And it's quite funny sometimes when you hear uh, a story from a player and then you talk to one of the management staff and you hear the story from a different point of view um, but then yeah getting to know people from all levels of the club and uh, staff as well uh, usually involves uh, going to training one day a week and um, hanging out with everybody and talking to them and listening um, sometimes talking about spiritual things as well but I see my role as being one that serves uh, the whole club and the majority of people aren't uh, religious, don't have a faith, uh, but I'm the chaplain for them as well. And then there are times when it involves uh, serving supporters. I've been privileged to do uh, some funerals for families of uh, Cobblers fans and uh, Frank Grand's funeral last year uh, was a particular privilege for me. The remembrance uh, stuff every year. Uh, and then in lockdown, it's been very different. I've spent a lot of time on a uh, the phone on WhatsApp and uh, stuff like that, FaceTiming different people. I, I'm perhaps unfortunate or lucky, don't know how you look at it, that I'm not in the players' WhatsApp group. Uh, <laughs> so I miss the best banter, but I, I get to hear quite a bit. And uh, just, yeah, being around for people, everybody needs somebody to listen to them and, and value them and give them time. And from the place of my faith, uh, one of the key parts of that is I think every single human being is of equal value and really, really precious. And so uh, I try and take that into the work I do as the chaplain. Mm. 
So you were a Cobblers fan, obviously, before you became the chaplain as well. How has that changed your support of the team? It must be quite hard to sit, <laughs> sit um, where is it, the West End you sit at the moment? No, um, I'm, I'm on the East End, down the, the East front. End, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, get, I yeah. get the wettest of everyone in the ground <laughs> when it rains. Yeah, um, maybe not so negative yeah, as it, it could be. But is it quite difficult to hear <laughs> negativity coming from the stands yeah. for people who you're essentially friends with, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because obviously I'm still passionate about the club and uh, the first team, men's team, winning as many games as possible. But I'm also interested in the other teams in the club. But sometimes you can you can know a player or a manager or a member of the staff is having a hard time. And so then uh, when they play well, but maybe the team isn't doing so well, I can still enjoy watching that player achieve their full potential mm. um and that that's happened a few times uh, over the last few years and then there are other times when it's just great to be part of a success mm. you know we've had some good times this season and uh it's been great to go into a happy happy training session on a monday or a tuesday um to, to have a, a good time with the boys as well so yeah no it's good yeah but it must be quite a skill i guess when someone's going through quite a hard time and you know about it and they're, they're playing and they're getting abused from the stands that yeah you just want to i should be a part of you just wants to shout about well this is happening leave them alone kind of thing yeah i definitely filter my tweets yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and it, it amuses me no end the way that all the speculation that happens on social media is about a million miles away from the truth, like <laughs> 95 to 98% of the time. Um, yeah. But still, you know, it's in the end, everybody involved in football is a human being. And mm -hmm. so um, where people get pelters, sometimes it's unfair, but mm. everybody knows within the organization that it's unfair. And so, you just have to learn how to be professional about it. You know? So let's get into it then. What is your memory lane topic choice for us? Uh, so I, I thought I'd uh, talk about being a wheelchair using fan of Northampton Town because I don't suppose you've done that yet. We haven't. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's my topic. I used to write a column for the fans in years ago. Um, I remember called, it well. Called a view from slightly lower down. So if you want to call the podcast something today, you could call it that if you want. <laughs> That's not my decision. It's all, all down to Charles, but I'll let him decide on that. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do remember that column, and it was um, sheer coincidence that I came and joined your church a few years later and remembered you from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I tried to get you oh, to well, tell me all no, the things, but you wouldn't do it. You're, you're the one who reads it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I, forgot to, I forgot to say earlier as well, obviously I write a column for the programme. Um, uh -huh. as, as well as chaplain and uh, I've been doing some stuff for the website recently and it's a real privilege to do that too so now mm -hmm. whereas I used to write my opinion pieces in the fanzine um, and actually say what I thought now sometimes <laughs> I'm a, a bit corporate <laughs> in yes. what I write in the program <laughs> bit careful um, but yeah. that's yeah. that's the right way to be I like to keep Gareth happy <laughs> someone has to yeah. uh, so going back to the start of it all for you what's your memories of your first games for the Cobblers first experiences following the Cobblers did you grow up in Northampton or uh, yeah it... yeah I, I was born uh, in the Barrett maternity in uh, Northampton uh, and I can remember my first game very vividly it was uh, September I think in 1990 uh, 
I'd badgered my dad all uh, summer because England had done well in the World Cup that year. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to go to a game and I hadn't supported Northampton before, but he, he thought he could get away with taking me to one game um, and that would be that kind of thing. Um, so it was uh, Blackpool at home. Uh, we won 1-0. Uh, Bobby Barnes scored uh, right in front of me. Uh, where the the wheelchair section, if you can call it that, at the county ground was behind the goal at the away end. Uh, there, there wasn't a section. It was just some hoardings. Um, the away end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in front of there, yeah. And there were some amazing toilets. It's all coming back to me now. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, uh, the goal, that changed everything for me. Bobby Barnes was my hero. And uh, so... I was hooked and dad thought he was getting away with one game, but I think uh, we've been to about 600 now. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get away with it. Nice. Did your dad go before that? Did, was he? No, no, no. He, 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 uh, he was just doing the, uh, the good dad bit and, uh, and yeah, doing it so that I would shut up, I think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he got quite into it and, uh, having, I think he grew up watching West Ham with Bobby Moore and uh, people like that, Martin Peters and stuff. So um, Cobblers was a bit of a culture shock for him. Uh, but then uh, I think he secretly started to enjoy it. And the season after, we got a season ticket and we never looked back um, after that. Mm-hmm. So you talked about your experiences um, as a wheelchair user. You were you said you were right in front of the away end. Yeah. Um, that's... That's typical county ground for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, did well, you have much uh, many fun experiences with away fans there, or did they? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, there was a time uh, when I believe we played Carlisle, but my memory plays tricks on me. Where they were top of the league in about '94, and mm. and we beat them, uh, which was in, entirely unexpected. I mean, winning at home was entirely unexpected in those days. <laughs> um, and uh, me and Mustafa. Uh, mm-hmm. got told off by the police for inciting the Carlisle fans to riot when we were celebrating a goal. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was shortly um, after I'd taken a hailstone into my mouth celebrating a goal um, that I think was scored by Paul Fitzpatrick. Um, and, uh, yeah, I opened my mouth to celebrate and a hailstone came in and I swallowed it. Uh, I don't think I could do that again if I tried. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to be honest though, there weren't all that many games at the county ground where there were a lot of away fans. Uh, Mm, it wasn't exactly a culture high spot for people to visit. Um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, it was always fun and there was quite a good, um, little kind of camaraderie between all the, the wheelchair using supporters behind that goal. And quite often with Peter Gleaser and Barry Richardson after him, um, as they were taking goal kicks, (laughs) um, (laughs) But yeah, it, it was a. Uh, it, it wasn't uh, sad to me when we moved to Sixfields, and yeah. I could sit in a seat that was covered by a roof, um, <laughs> and not get wet. And I could actually see what was going on uh, in those halcyon days uh, before they tried to rebuild the East End. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I I loved bits of the county ground, but yeah, I don't miss it that much. Yeah. So for you as a wheelchair user, was the, the move to Sixfields was an impressive one. You, oh yeah. I mean, w- uh, there was a period of time where um, Sixfields uh, was the best ground outside the top two divisions for wheelchair using supporters. I think they won awards for it mm. when it was first um, 
built and used and uh my dad he wanted to uh, be covered over, over and not be in the elements so i didn't get to sit behind the the north stand goal uh, as i wanted to actually he made the right call there he uh, he got us this seat we were on the halfway line in the elevated section um okay, every, yeah. every game apart from when the lift broke down uh and uh no it, it was great the view from there was probably the best view in the ground and so mm-hmm. um i've had every year since they rebuilt the stand i've had that old seat number printed on my season ticket so that when they rebuild <laughs> the elevated section as i've been promised that they will um i have it back, it back. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is the bit up where radio cobblers used to be i don't know if it's oh yeah little lady used to be in the yeah i miss those days yeah, 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 absolutely. That's right. You need to get your music requests in now. Uh... Oh man, no one needs that. <laughs> <laughs> so, going on to away grounds, are there any that weren't up to standard for you, or leave a bad taste in your mouth <laughs> for, for access? You know, I mean, particularly in the nineties, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of them weren't really fit for purpose i guess well yeah i mean yeah disabled people are often a bit of an afterthought um Mm. uh, you could just finish the sentence there really um and where coming from six fields which was uh, like they did an amazing job and then you'd go to some places i can remember going to bournemouth in the league cup in 94 um at the start of the season when it was really hopeful for about three weeks do you remember that um Mm -hmm. and uh they put us in a dugout behind <laughs> behind one of the goals. It looked like a Sabutio dugout. Um, <laughs> and uh, the number of times that uh, I haven't been able to sit next to the person that I'm with, e- even this year we went to Grimsby and uh, David, who was with me, he, he sat behind me rather than next to me. It's mm. a bit diff- difficult to have a conversation. I, I think dis- wheelchair users, disabled people are the only group in society who is regularly assumed by like cultural people that they only have one friend because <laughs> yeah. um, you can only sit next to one person or two at the absolute most and mm-hmm. so uh yeah so yeah I, d- I didn't love Bournemouth although I think it's improved now um Cambridge was always fun just in general <laughs> I mean we did usually win um so and then Brighton when they were at the with Dean that was a good away trip uh <laughs> We were plonked over the other side of the athletics track um, with a garden chair uh, <laughs> and uh, for the, my companion. Uh, and, uh, of course, we won 3-1 that year, I remember, because uh, Muzzy and I tried to invade the pitch across the athletics track. <laughs> uh, and, uh, again, we're told by some stewards to uh, kindly return to our places. But that that was one of the grounds where um, it was quite hard to see the other end of the pitch because it was yeah, so far yeah. away. Uh, yeah, we, we were talking about that the other week um, when we were talking about sta- uh, stadiums and that came up. And just remembering, you, you literally couldn't see anything, could you? And I can, I can imagine you couldn't either. You said no, you were, no. you, we had the track in front of us in the stands. So you were the other side of that ne- nearer the pitch, were you? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And we were behind the goal. But yeah. it just, yeah, there was a big old track as well. I mean, even Grimsby this year, I mentioned it, the the disabled uh, section, wheelchair section, was at the front of the stand, which mm-hmm. was below pitch level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking upwards to see what was happening, which was, was fine apart from when, you know, 
stuff was going on the other end. And fortunately, like Callum, Callum scored in front of me in the second half, so it, it was all right. But yeah, just uh, I do quite often go to places like Wembley now, where they've actually thought this through. And obviously, mm. there's more money uh, involved in bigger uh, clubs and bigger grounds. But it's so nice to see stuff from higher up. You get mm-hmm. more of a perspective on things. So yeah, um, come on, Kelvin, sort the ground <laughs> out so I can have my seat back. Yeah. That's a joke, by the way. Let's start on the East End. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what other kind of frustrations do you have as a wheelchair user? You've, you've touched on some of them. In in general, is there any more kind of annoyances that you have that just don't happen <laughs> at the moment? Because you just you just want me to say all the negative stuff, is that it? Oh no, we're coming on to the positive <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, well, I mean. It's it's less common now, but for the first sort of ten years or so, I was going to games. It was really regular away games that you'd have to sit with the home supporters mm. as a wheelchair user. Um, where actually, if if you Danny were as an away supporter in the home end of Cobblers fan in the Grimsby end sort of thing, then mm. uh, if you celebrated a goal, you'd get ejected. Mm-hmm. So that it seemed a bit odd, and when you ask questions about why this is so, they don't seem to understand often clubs why it might be an issue. Yeah. Um, but then things are gradually improving, and to be honest, uh, all the clubs, especially in the uh, League Two level, they they're trying their very best. It's just uh, you wish uh, that people could spend the day um, sat in a wheelchair or. Um, try needing the audio description commentary for a mm-hmm. partially sighted or blind person to really understand uh, how beneficial it is to have good facilities and people who care. So like in our club, Wendy uh, Lambell, she's amazing. Um, mm. uh, the supporters liaison stuff, and she's always looking out for all the supporters and particularly for disabled supporters as well, to try and make sure they have the best experience home and away. Um, and we've kind of led the way with that, I think. But clubs catch up, and uh, you know, you're always trying to help people to improve what they're doing. Mm. It almost needs to be less responsive and more just like just because it's just there as it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It? I mean, I think you know, since the East End, our, our ground's not been there. I've sat in every stand apart from the South. Although I think I did for one or two friendly sit in the South stand. Um, and uh, it's really annoying being at the front of the stand where the wheelchair spaces are because we're the only people who get wet apart from the front two rows, I think. And mm-hmm. then uh, the number of times it seems to me people turn up to, to a game and they've paid whatever it is, 21 quid to get in. And then 10 minutes later, they need the loo. And 10 minutes after that, they need to go and buy some food and stuff. And it's great for the club because they they make money, but it's not great for me because people walk in front of me and I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can remember loads of times when the only time someone walks in front of me during a whole game is just when uh, a goal is scored. Like yeah. it you know, happens approximately once every game, <laughs> and you, you just think there must be somebody. Maybe it's God. Um, looking down on the whole thing going now's the moment to move because there's something going to happen <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's uh i sound really moody i'm sorry um, but i like to be able to see everything mm-hmm. um which i think is a fairly basic requirement uh, yeah. and it's nothing anybody can do about it but it, it does get frustrating i'm quite low down i'm only about three and a half feet off the ground 
in my chair. So what I wish more, I suppose, and maybe this this time pandemic-wise it's going to help us is that people are aware of more than just themselves and what they want to do and what they need. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. thinking about people around you. Um, you know, like you see all the signs at every ground, please do not swear. Um, and how many people just don't play any notice <laughs> to that? But it's, it's kind of being considerate of other people that you you don't just go to do the thing that you want to do. You're actually joining in with three or four, five thousand other people um, mm-hmm. in a community, in a family. And it would be, you know, uh, we've seen lots of good stories in, in our um, society at the moment. But I hope when we get back to football and we're all allowed to be in the ground together, whenever that may be, that people might think about making sure everybody's experience is a good one. Mm. Yeah, I get the feeling that first game back is just going to be <laughs> such a celebration that I think um, oh, yeah. Yeah, the I'm... management team in particular are probably quite happy that, um, <laughs> that, that this has happened now because they're, when they get back, they can't do a lot wrong, I wouldn't have thought, in terms of because um, everyone's going to be in such a good mood just to get back to football again that... Um, oh yeah, you know, I signs a new deal or or whatever they do with it. That it's just going to be such a euphoric moment just to actually be in a stadium again, isn't it? I think so, and a lot of us uh, really deeply love the Cobblers, but you also just love football mm-hmm. and uh, the feeling of being at a game and and seeing good play or a tough game or seeing goals go in or um, when uh, someone like Trevor Kettle was refereeing. And all the joy that that brings to everybody, mm-hmm. um, that kind of uh, will take it for a while. I think just being able to watch the games and just being able to be um, together again as a community, like I kind of, I'm always thinking at the minute about the Cobblers uh, as a whole club, as a family together, um, and having been apart for so long, uh, it will be euphoric and special. Uh, I bet we get something like uh, Carlisle away on a Tuesday night again, um, quite soon after it happens, and take two and a half thousand up there or something. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that uh, I think it's reset my love for football in general. That mm-hmm. you, I want us to do well, and I want us to win, and I want people to to keep their jobs mostly, um, but also. Uh, just want to enjoy go back to my first kind of first love of you know the equivalent of Bobby Barnes scoring right in front of me when I was six, and and how special that was, and not be so kind of jaded or cynical uh, about life in general and football in particular. That I just hope we all get to enjoy. Um, you know, it'd be nice to think it's all going to be free flowing attacking football on the ground, but you know, uh, perhaps not. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and let's see what the podcast like after a three 0 defeat to Carlisle on a Tuesday night. <laughs> um, well, you might have to mute Neil's microphone. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's close with your favourite moments then. Um, following the Cobblers, um, oh. obviously you've been to quite a been through quite a lot through the mill quite a few times. Yeah, yeah. The rare good seasons. What's your favourite moments? Oh goodness! Well, I mean, the club have been doing doing me a solid, and everybody else putting up these goals from yesteryear, mm-hmm. um, reminding me of some of my favourite moments recently. I mean, they've been doing an amazing job with the media stuff over the whole time of the pandemic in general. Like uh, Samo's uh, volley at Peterborough was right in front of me, 
Mm-hmm. Um, all those years ago, um, I missed uh, John Frayne in the 93rd because I was on a school trip to Italy. Goodness me. Oh, um, but I, I, you know, still never seen us win at Wembley. I've been to the other two. I should stop going if we get to Wembley. Um, again, just to make sure that we get up. Um, I can. It's a funny thing. I can remember Ian Jess scoring at Notts County. Um, mm-hmm. Absolute belter of a volley. Um, and uh, it inspired me to play football manager until five in the morning uh, when I was uh, a student and had time on my hands. But it, it was an odd thing. Like, Notts County is always a bit imposing as a place to go. And they're one of those sets of supporters that they, you get the sense that they think they're going to win every game regardless of where they are in the league. And so when, when you do well against a team like that, it's really pleasing the the whole of the wilder season after the northwich uh fa cup tie uh was really special the the league championship season i really obviously enjoyed that i don't know a couple of spaniards who didn't enjoy that um probably my favorite game though we we lost five four to accrington ah yes the the year before i think there, there was a phase when um there was chris hackett on one wing and kai mohammed on the other and we were just absolutely bombing forward the whole time. Um, it's kind of set the, set the tone for the season after, really. And just, I love watching that kind of stuff. And when you watch Sheffield United now, um, they play a different formation, but the, the sort of philosophy is just the same. And to watch games where you thought it was at least going to be interesting, if not that we were going to, you know, turn people over every week. Um, was just there was a great time and it happens like once or twice in a lifetime so um that dvd is very special um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah probably uh yeah i don't know i wouldn't say that i have one particular favorite i just i think most of all to be to be really twee and trite and um everything that is changed now that you know when i started going my dad took me uh dutifully as a dad and, and he wasn't really into it and he got more and more into it. And now, um, you know, I'm in my mid-30s and it, it's something that I do where I'm serving the club and then I get to hang out with my dad. Mm-hmm. And he gets really annoyed if I can't get to a game because um, the way the tickets work, he can't get in without me. Um, <laughs> but just kind of to be able to to do something that I really love and share it with family is really special. So I think, you know, the best memories and the best moments are going to come in the future. That's kind of what you remember, isn't it? You, the, you remember the moments. You don't remember the the one uh, nil defeats to Rochdale on a Tuesday when it's raining. But no. it's it's the individual moments that you remember, and that's what you, we're so desperate to get back to when football returns. You, you want those moments where you're just hugging random strangers, and you know, um, yeah, yeah, because anywhere else in the world, up. you get arrested for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Neil's found that out once or twice as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, that's been great thanks so much for joining us um that's all right thanks for having me some of your memories uh we've got loads more to come on this series and if you'd like to take part then do get in touch we're um at cobblers to me on twitter you'll find us on facebook by searching it's all cobblers to me and you can send us an email through our website cobblers to me.com thanks for listening and we'll be back on tuesday for our weekly edition of it's all cobblers to me we'll see you soon Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet The Staff series, 
hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.